0: It's a Minefield is an audio exploration produced by us, people who ride the waves of mental and emotional distress.
1: Our expertise comes from our lived experience, and these are the stories you'll hear, along with those who are on the journey with us. The roller coaster of mental health can be lonely and overwhelming, but we're all in this together and would love for you to join us. Hey Chris. Hey Leon. Have I heard a rumour you've been talking about big feelings? (gasps) Where did you hear that from? (laughs) I just know stuff. I just know stuff. Now, I've got a question for you. Yeah. What's your favourite little feeling? My favourite little feeling? Ooh. I think my favourite little feeling is... I've got to think about this. I think my favourite little feeling is maybe... A warm blanket. <laughs> that's that's not a feeling. That's a garment. That's so true. Can I call that glad? You totally can. I'd be glad for you too. <laughs> um, uh, another little. What's another little feeling? Crestfallen. I don't like it, but it's a little feeling. That's very true. It is. It's a little grief. fallen. A, l- a little grief. A little grief. So. When we talk about big feelings, I think agony, ecstasy, doom. Yeah, they're the big feelings. So you spoke to uh, our our wonderful co-producer, Hannah. I did. We sat down in Hannah's living room um, on a beautiful Saturday morning and just had a really open, wonderful chat about big feelings. And, um, yeah, I hope don't know what I'm going to say. I hope I feel glad. I hope I feel glad too. (laughs) Thanks, Chris. So, big feelings. Yes. Yeah. I've got them. You've got them. I've
0: got them. Yeah. And I'm trying to learn to love them. Learn to love (laughs) them. Yeah. How long have you had them for? Oh, I think my whole life. Yeah. I've had big emotions. I've always been told that I'm like too sensitive. Um... And I just think I, I just feel things on a deep level. And my, I think that my emotions are kind of, they feel like all expansive. Like I feel like I can reach all the edges of everything I feel, whether that's happiness or sadness or rage or, you know, whatever. I feel like I can explore every kind of nook and cranny of that feeling And sometimes they get extremely overwhelming Um, and I'm just – as I get older, I'm like 33, just trying – I feel like I'm at a point now where I kind of have them under control. They don't don't really govern my life in the way they used to. I don't really have the extreme highs and extreme lows like I used to. They're more – you know, like at a kind of base level, just humming along. And sometimes they go out of control, but I think that's kind of normal.
1: What helps you when they do feel out of control?
0: I think it's mostly getting in touch with like reality. So kind of like drawing myself back to my body and realizing that like I'm grounded and just kind of like, it's often like noticing, trying to pick out things around me, like what, name three things that you hear see and smell like that typical kind of tactic to bring you back to the world and not into away from your head essentially and also just kind of like socializing is like the main thing for me in terms of like controlling that I feel like as an extrovert if I'm not talking to people and like out and about um it's when I tend to get really really trapped in my thoughts and I spiral and that's when my emotions can get out of hand so I think I just have to often be out and like talking to people so that's when I feel most human and less like trapped in my brain yeah
1: yeah so that connection
0: definitely it's connection yeah yeah
1: Mm. helps you get out of your head.
0: Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Human connection is so important.
1: (laughs) It is. It definitely is. Yeah. Is that something you taught yourself or have you had, I guess, um, people along the way who have helped you realise that that's a way to navigate big feelings, like having those connections?
0: Um, I mean, it's mostly through therapy. I've been in therapy for, I think like, this is my 10th year or maybe even my 11th. I can't remember, but it's like a veteran. Yeah, I'm a vet. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm a therapy vet and my psychologist, I started seeing her when I was 22 or 23. And at the time I was, my life was like quite tumultuous and it was a lot of kind of like I know, just like a lot of bad decisions and a lot of using alcohol to self-medicate to kind of like try and manage the extreme feelings that I was going through. Um, So I started seeing my psychologist when I was like in my early 20s and that was the thing that saved me. Um, And I think without having... My psychologist to help me, I don't know where I'd be right now. But yeah, she taught me all the skills to kind of recognize my emotions and validate them because I am a chronic invalidator <laughs> of everything that I feel. Um, and I think that is also key in kind of learning to manage those big feelings and emotions, is just learning to kind of acknowledge them and kind of then set them free in a way. Yeah.
1: Is it like becoming friends with them, whatever the emotion or feeling, no matter how scary it might seem?
0: Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it, is becoming friends with them. Um, Because regardless of, like, whether they're telling me a lie or not, they're still there. And I think it's good to kind of just, like, get to know them intimately and like be friends with them and just like maybe actually them them less like friends often they're more like frenemies <laughs> <laughs> they're like friends i wouldn't call them like yeah a bosom buddy but they're more like a frenemy than anything
1: yeah yeah so they're fun sometimes but they can also stab you in the back
0: exactly yeah yeah <laughs> they're sabotaging my life yeah yeah yeah
1: do you think I know earlier you were saying as a child and things, you were told that you were too sensitive. Mm. Do you think that, what do you think the impact of that was on the way you saw feelings?
0: I think I thought that they made me crazy. Um, and I know that's probably not a good word to use, but that is like how I felt. felt like I was weird, that all of my emotions were like something to be repressed and that you know airing them out and talking about them wasn't something that was like valuable or like I don't know I just I felt like I was a crazy person and I used to just keep them buried deep inside and just hide them from everybody and then they just kind of like erupt in a really dramatic fashion like with me kind of like screaming in my bedroom like a banshee and crying, like just sobbing and sobbing and sobbing. I remember like one time I um, I was so emotional that I was like in my bedroom just like screaming my lungs out and I had like in my childhood bedroom there were like bars, it's like classic Sydney home, yeah. <laughs> like bars on the window. Yeah. And I was like holding the bars on the window and just like, like shaking and like screaming my head off. And then I just, like, had to, I didn't know what else to do with those feelings that I had. And I just, like, went and crawled under my desk and just, like, cried. And just, like, and wailed. Like, a lot of wailing on the floor. Yeah. And that's how they often came out. in just, yeah.
1: Yeah. So that was your release at that time? Yeah. For those big feelings?
0: Yeah. They, my feelings often, yeah, were released in, like, a really dramatic way. Um, where I, it's just like the most overwhelming sadness, anger. It's like every feeling you've ever experienced to the highest degree <laughs> all at once. And then it's like, it's like my brain so- short circuits and I'm just like wailing on the floor or crying so much that I throw up or like screaming at everybody and at myself. Just like, yeah, it was bad.
1: And how did the people around you react when that kind of thing would happen? Were they supportive, scared?
0: I don't think my parents knew how to handle it. I think that they were scared of me <laughs> um, and they often retreated or they yelled at me. Um, and that also, I think, led to me repressing those feelings even more and thinking that they were wrong and I was and I was wrong, um I just think that they were really they just didn't know how to deal with me, and because I don't think that they knew how to deal with their own emotions, so how could they deal with a child or a teenager or I mean this was even it went on to my twenties, like how could they didn't know how to deal with me, someone who was so emotional and felt things so deeply, they just didn't know how to handle it, yeah.
1: Have you been able to have a conversation or conversations with them around the way that they reacted to your emotions? No. No? No. Is that something you'd want to do?
0: Um, that's a complicated question. <laughs> I think in an ideal world, I would love to have that conversation. I think it's something that I could potentially have with my dad because I think my dad is also a sensitive person who feels things deeply as well, like I do. Um, But I don't think so much with my mum. Yeah, I do not really know how to go on with that, but yeah. Yeah. I think, actually, no, I remember I did, you know how like when you're driving in a car, it's like often you kind of tend to have more deep conversations because you're not looking that person directly in the eye. So it's like you can, tend, you can often be a bit more open. And I remember I did tell my dad, I think it was even this year, that I was like often, you know, growing up, my feelings were invalidated a lot of the time and I think that has impacted me quite significantly. And he he did take that on board and um, he was like trying to like be a bit more understanding of me and who I am and the way I experience life. And, you know, everyone slips up every once in a while, but he is trying, I think, to be just, like, a bit better. Yeah.
1: How does it make you feel that he is trying and that he recognised that his behaviour, whether intentional or not, as when you were a kid, affect you
0: um I mean I think it makes me feel like that he loves me that he cares that's so meaningful um and I don't know it's complicated I don't really know I just it's nice it also what I also feel is that for my dad I think it's good for him to know, I don't know. Maybe if when he sees that in me, he can start to also start to validate his own feelings as well. And like by val- validating mine, maybe he can start to feel a bit more at peace with who he is. I think that's also like a benefit of that between my father and I. Mm.
1: And it's like it sounds like you're you're starting to like teach him about feelings yeah and recognizing them and validating them,
0: yeah I think so in a way. I mean, I mean, maybe, I don't know maybe. if he'd say that, but yeah,
1: he mightn't admit it.
0: <laughs> no, he mightn't admit it.
1: <laughs> What's a feeling that you you embrace and you can't get enough of?
0: oh, God hmm, I think like melancholy. <laughs> it's addictive. Yeah, it's really addictive. I used to, like, think that – I mean, I still kind of do think that there's, like, a lot of beauty in melancholy. It's, like – it's sadness, but there's also this, like, weird feeling of joy in experiencing that melancholia, (laughs) I suppose. I think that's – but I'm often – one of my problems is that I can like slip into kind of like what's the word like I don't know self-pity and like I think that's when things can go awry for me is when I just start to slink and it's like a comforting blanket this like old friend you're like Oh, like sadness. Thank you. You're my best friend. I've missed you.
1: I hate you, but you're my <laughs> <Yeah>. best friend.
0: <laughs> yeah. You're sabotaging my life, but God, it feels so good.
1: Sit up on the couch yeah. next to me. and Like,
0: let's make out.
1: <laughs> yeah. Pour a glass of wine. <laughs> yeah. This is going to be a great <laughs> evening. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> that kind of thing. I think sadness is often like that for me and it feels feels so wrong but so good um and it it is like an old friend that I try now not to welcome with such open arms because you know I want to be content and I want to be able to experience more of life than just like crying on my couch (laughs) at like 10 p.m at night you know (laughs) being like oh what the fuck is my life you know (laughs) so yeah, yeah. Probably so it, that.
1: It sounds like you're able to maybe recognise when sadness is coming in and usher it out the door a little sooner.
0: Yes, definitely. I've it's something I've gotten a lot better at. Um, you know, like I practice emotion regulation, and I think that's something that I've only just started to master. So it's like in the past, even just like a couple of months. You know, like I said before, I used to scream and wail and you know thrash around and whatever but now it's like recognizing the emotion and then learning to actually sit with it because what I've learned is that like when I react in such an extreme way it's actually just a form of avoidance for me and of like the feeling of like at all it's like if I'm just like if my emotion is like at its peak then I actually don't really have to deal with it because I'm just like, you know, I'm wailing. I'm like not myself. So I've learnt to kind of sit with that emotion, experience it, let it flow through me. And I have a little cry, but it's nowhere near as like extreme as it used to be. It's like, you know, a few like dramatic tears down your cheek in the classic cinematic <laughs> <laughs> way. And then I'm like, okay, you know, like whatever I'm feeling, that's fucking sad. But I will like this too shall pass. And it often does. And the next day I feel a little bit better. It's not the be all and end all. It's not as dramatic as I as my extreme emotions will would lead me to believe. Yeah.
1: Has medication played a role in you navigating big feelings? No, never. No?
0: Yeah, no, I've never taken any medication. Um, When I first started seeing my psychologist, it was something that we, like, discussed as, like, you know, might be helpful. But I think she ultimately was like, I'd prefer to work for you to learn to work through the things that you are experiencing and feeling and learn how to manage them. So it's taken a long time. Look, I've been in therapy for 10 years and I'm only just starting <laughs> to learn how to do that. But I feel like for my life and who I am, medication just like wasn't really necessary for me in the end. Um, so, yeah, and ultimately I feel like learning to manage them means that i can go forward as i get older and like i can be more like satisfied with like who i am as a person not that that like medication means yeah anyway but yeah it just wasn't it just wasn't something that i did yeah
1: yeah mm. it sounds like psychological therapy has has been your friend in navigating these big feelings, and like the biggest tool that you've
0: yeah totally had, yeah, totally, yeah, like I mean, my psychologist saved my life in a lot of ways, and I'm so grateful to like for everything that she's done to help me get to where I am, like I didn't think I'd be alive at thirty three like honestly, I thought that I'd probably be dead <laughs> my like depression was so felt so all-encompassing that like I didn't see a way out um of all of that um but yeah I'm here and I'm like I feel like I'm thriving yeah sorry I'm
1: yeah feelings are welcome
0: yeah (laughs)
1: thanks and I'm really glad you're here as well thanks if there was a magic button that you could push to turn off feelings during difficult times, would you push it?
0: Oh, God. <laughs> Look, sometimes I think it would be useful. Oh,
1: absolutely. <laughs> Give me that button, I'll match it.
0: Literally. Like, if I could just, like... You know when you're, like, really angry and then you start crying... And you're just like, fucking hell, like, I wish I wasn't crying in this moment because you feel like it makes you seem weak. I think that's the time I would love that button so I could just be ruthless. (laughs) It'd
1: be like, delete.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But I do think that my feelings are probably, and my sensitivity are probably my greatest strength. Um, I think it gives me a lot of empathy and compassion for other people. It means that I'm pretty like non-judgmental and I can go through life, I don't know, like really trying to understand where other people are coming from. And I don't know, I just think that I don't think I'd give it up for anything, really, even if there was that magic button that existed. I don't think I'd give it up because I don't know who I'd be without them, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: It sounds like you've really befriended and accepted and that you love these big feelings.
0: Yeah, I do. I really do. I just think they're such a huge part of me. And I I just, I, I don't know, like... I'm learning to manage them, but I think that, yeah, I just think that they're truly just such a big part of my sense of self. And, you know, like I'm a creative person and it helps me to, like, I don't know, just like be, (laughs) I don't know, it's like to, like, create. Not art, but, like, to write or, like, just all of that stuff. It's just I just think feelings are so vital for my my personhood or, like, yeah, just me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: I'm really glad you're friends with it. I guess a big feeling that I'm really scared of mm. is probably anger. Yeah. What's, what's your relationship with anger like?
0: I think – I mean, I don't have, like – I feel like for women, anger is kind of a bit different. It's more, like, internalised. Um, so, whenever I'm feeling angry, I kind of just – I'm like, well, you're a piece of shit, even though it's, like, someone else has, like, hurt me or whatever.
1: So, you'll call yourself a piece of shit yeah. if somebody else yeah. has hurt you? Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So, I think – And also, like, women's rage is, like, something that is, like, kind of shameful. So that's why it's kind of a a lot of the time repressed. Um, Women are supposed to be meek and, you know, um, kind of (laughs) live in servitude to whoever is around them. Um, And that anger is seen as something like you're branded as, like, kind of like a volatile like what's like like a crazy woman, like a someone who yeah, and um so rage for me is kind of complicated, but I do also think that like anger can be a propelling force for your life.
1: It definitely can be.
0: Yeah. Like I feel like anger has really pushed me to kind of be like, well, I'm going to prove you wrong, you know, like, well, fuck that. Like, what do you know? Like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to fucking thrive and just you watch yeah, kind of thing. So I think that anger has been, has been a good force in my life, even if sometimes I do turn it on myself <laughs> in certain situations. But I think that it can be quite useful. Yeah. Yeah. Mm.
1: And I think, like, righteous anger Mm. can be really powerful when used in, like, a way to propel things forward. Definitely. Definitely. you know, yourself as a woman, like, not being silenced or compliant or anything like that, be like, fuck that. Totally. Yeah.
0: I'm not going to shut up.
1: Yeah. It's just to make you happy. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I've got a lot of anger and now you're going to hear about it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's like, I won't bunch you, but I feel like it.
0: A- <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can definitely relate to that internalised anger. Mm. I think, yeah, growing up I saw a lot of externalised anger, particularly from male figures in my life. Right. So I'm like, that's not safe. That mm-hmm. makes other people feel like shit. So I turned it in on myself. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, that makes sense. Mm. <laughs> Crappy for you. Crappy for
1: me. <laughs> Crappy for all of us who turn it in on ourselves. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I think, you know, it can be turned around. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Definitely. I think anger's been great for me. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just, like, been one of the great forces in my life to help me just, like, get to where I am. Yeah. Yeah. mm
1: that's great. You're harnessing it. I am. Yeah.
0: It's powerful.
1: <laughs> it is so powerful.
0: <laughs> Thanks for tuning in.
1: It's a Mindfield is produced by Chris Jager,
0: Hannah Achilles,
1: and Leon Fernandes. Audio by Lockie Hilda. We're kindly supported by the Mental Health Commission of New South Wales. You can reach out to us at iamf.org.au. And remember, we're all in this together.